we have been on a, a course, I guess you will, of prayer, um, how to approach God and different areas of prayer the past two weeks. And again, we will uh, go into that again tonight. Tonight, I'm going to talk to us about drawing near, draw near. Fundamental to prayer is the fact that we can draw near to the Lord. And when we draw near to the Lord, he will draw near to us. Anybody believe that tonight? I believe that. And also true ministry, as we'll read about it here in just a moment, true ministry flows from nearness to the Lord. When you are near to the Lord, that's when you're going to be able to minister. That's when you're going to be able to touch and and do the work of ministry, especially uh, in this last and closing hour. I, I am not surprised. I'm not surprised at the amount of turmoil that is outside of the church and that is inside the church. I see it frequently. It pops up here. It pops up there. You, you hear about it. It's in families. It's in friends. It's it's things that. The Bible talks about everything, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and I see that happening. Amen. I, I'm not surprised that it's happening. I see it happening. And so what we got to do as a body of Christ, as men and women, as family, as a unit, as a unified body, is we must draw near to Jesus Christ. Because if we don't draw near to Jesus Christ, we won't be the ministry that we need to be, that he has called us to be. He wants us to be. He wants us to minister. He wants us to do the work of ministry. He wants us to be the ones that, that lays hands on the sick and they recover. He wants us to be the ones that takes people through the word of God and shows them that why they should live this way and not the opposite way. And, and it's, it's what we're to do. And we can really truly do that when we are close to him. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to one verse of scripture here this evening, Numbers 3 and verse 6. Numbers 3 and verse 6. It says this, bring the tribe of Levi near. Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priests. Listen to this portion right here. That they may minister unto him. Bring them near. Get them close. Get them close that they may minister unto him. Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for tonight. And Lord, my prayer is, Lord, that we would draw near to Jesus. That we would put our head upon your bosom, Lord. That we would put our heart, Lord, upon your heart. And Lord, put our hands upon your hands. And Lord, lay ourselves upon you, Lord, that we may draw near to you. That we may know you, as we talked about, as I mentioned on Sunday morning. That we may know you in the power of your might and the fellowship of your suffering. Lord, I am so thankful for who you are. I am so thankful for your excellent greatness and your power. And I am asking God that we as a body of Christ 
would be sensitive, that we would be cognizant, Lord, that we would be focused in the name of Jesus, of drawing near to you now more than ever in this last and closing hour. We have to be intentional, Lord. We have to actually do it, Lord. We've got to put some action to it. And, Lord, I'm asking that we would do that right now. Lord, yes, I want to read your word. Yes, Lord, I, I want to worship. Yes, I want to do all of those things. But, Lord, my hope and my prayer is that I, along with every man and woman in this building tonight and those that are unable to be here and are listening and watching online, oh, Lord, I am asking that we as a unified body would do whatever we can to draw near unto you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you would, turn around and wave at somebody. Uh, give them a fist bump. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's never going to get old. It used to be a handshake. It used to be a hug. And now it's like sprinkle fingers at someone and then you'll be just fine. <laughs> draw near. Anybody want to draw near to Jesus? Is anybody trying to draw near to Jesus? Amen. I hope that we can do that. If you would, just bear with me for a moment. The Levites were in charge of all the service to the tabernacle. So we study and go through that a little bit in, the, in numbers. God asked that they be brought near to be used of God, to minister in any capacity. Praise singers, listen to this. Musicians, listen to this. Sunday school teachers that are upstairs, those of you that are down here, listen to this. The media team, listen to this. First Steps and Deeper Life, everybody that any capacity, wherever you serve, doesn't matter where it is, but to be used of God, to minister in any capacity, one must be acquainted with the presence of God on a regular basis. You're just filling space, if not. Amen? We're just filling space. I know you're on the parking lot team, and I know that people don't think that's very important, but quite frankly, I wish that we would have a revival of parking lot team members. That's just my opinion. Amen? I, I, see, I see it everywhere and all over the place people are doing that. There's people excited about being it. But it doesn't matter where you serve. If you're going to be used of God to minister, then you must be acquainted with his presence on a daily basis. Something that we talk about here, we want people to have a good experience from the moment that they drive onto the parking lot, drive onto the campus, park in their parking space, and walk to the door and walk in the door and sit down at the pew. We want them to have a great experience from that moment all the way to the pew. And the way, one way, the best way, in my opinion, to do that is if everybody, doesn't matter. That's why that it's important if you're, I'm just going to use this commercial break time here. If you're a part of our dream team in any capacity and you get scheduled on PCO, Planning Center Online, and you're a part of the parking lot team, or you're a part of the, the prayer team, if you're a part of any, any capacity you have been scheduled, be here at our dream team huddle. Why are we here together? Why do we meet before we go pray? Why do we do all of that? Because we want to, number one, get all on the same page, number one. Number two, we want to make sure that we get all of our focus off the fight that we had on the way to church and 
the kids didn't put their clothes in the dirty clothes, so you didn't wash them, so you had a, a, a drag out at the house before you left, and you're mad, and you, your kids were eating their breakfast, they spilled milk all over them, and you are mad. And so we want to make sure we get all that out of the way before we go to our places of service. And we want to make sure that we have an encounter and we have a, a touch and we feel the presence of God. Because when we feel the presence of God and we have the presence of God moving through us, then we can adequately minister. You won't give them a fake wave when they come into the parking lot. You'll give them a Jesus wave. Amen? Because you've got all that stuff out of you. And so that's why it's important that you come and do that. That was a good commercial break. Now back to regular scheduled programming. But um, it's important that we have adequate time with the presence of Jesus Christ if we're going to minister in any capacity. Adam had the ideal relationship with God in the garden. God would meet him in the morning. He had a relationship with God that was different than anybody in this room today. It was unclouded. There was no clouds anywhere of sin and disappointment. There's nothing like that. He had a relationship that was clear. And ladies and gentlemen, we can have that kind of relationship that is, doesn't have clouds of sin and shame. We get before the Lord. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Purify me. Cleanse me with hyssop, Lord. I want to be made new. And then we begin to talk to him and communicate with him. And we can have that type of relationship with Jesus Christ, just like Adam did. I want to have that type of relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? It's important that we do. It's important that we do. Adam lost that closeness with the Lord when he fell. But the second Adam made a way for this kind of relationship to be restored with those, and this is it, that desire it. If we desire it, we can have it. Amen? You see here at Truth Church, ever since, I, I don't even remember when it all started, I can't remember the actual date, but when we started the 24-hour prayer initiative, if you will, and we started the the church-wide prayer on the last Wednesday night of every month, and men's prayer, and women's prayer. The effort was to create the opportunity that you would get the desire. The opportunity is there that you get the desire to be a part of 24-hour prayer. And the hope is that it's not just one month that we do that, but it would continue to be two months, and three months, and four months, and some, sometime five, or, or weeks rather, that we could do that every single week in a month. That we could have 24-hour prayer. But the desire has to start with us. The opportunity is there. All you got to do is have a code. Amen? The opportunity to get closer to God and get unified with the body is there because we have church-wide prayer. We have men's prayer. We have women's prayer. But we must have the desire. I understand that we do our prayer on our own from time to time, hopefully every single day. Somebody say amen. amen. But it lies in, if we want to have that relationship that was restored, amen, that was given to us, to have, we have the opportunity now, it has to be our desire. 
It has to be your heartbeat and my heartbeat, Lord, that I may know you. Lord, I want to get on my face and prostrate myself before you, spiritually or actually physically. Because, Lord, I want to make everything else become a blur and you become in focus. Amen? Somebody say, draw near. Wonder of wonders, the great God of glory. He desires, he desires the companionship of men. He does. That is fact that he does. He doesn't have to have our worship, but he wants our worship. Amen. He wants the worship with our life. He loves it when we praise him. He loves us. Loves it when we prostrate ourselves physically or spiritually and we kiss his feet, we adore him. He loves that. But he loves it even more when every step we take, every thought that we have is to give God worship. I've made this statement before. Every single day, every day, even when we're in a hurry and it's about to be 7.50 and the kids are going to be late for school, I'm like, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let them know that we love you and how we praise you with our life. Our friends and our teachers, etc., etc. Sometimes it's different variations, but that's what we pray. Lord, I want us to praise you with our life. And Jesus loves it when we do that because he desires that companionship. Everything we do in word and deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. All of it. When we get in the car in the name of Jesus, when we get out of the car in the name of Jesus, when we walk in the neighborhood Walmart or the Target, and that's French, Tommy. When you, when you go to those places, do it all in the name of Jesus because he desires that relationship with you. That's corny, Pastor Darren. No, it's not. He wants, to, he wants us to draw near. Just take, for example, if it's your companion, your companion that you have now, those of you that are married, they don't want you to just love them on Tuesdays only. Amen? It's not like a Monday and Thursday is the only time that we say I love you. And you can only hold my hand on Thursday. That's it. I know. I mean, that's rocket science. But how much more? The one that created us. The one that in him we live and move and have our being. How much more does he not want us just to hold his hand on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning? He wants us every day to hold his hand and to commune with him and to talk with him and to lay ourselves before him and to stop everything else. I'm just telling you, there's days, there are days. Now, I know nobody else in the building does this. But there are days that the day before got a hold of me, and I, I overslept. And if you have 17 children and you live in a shoe like I do, <laughs> oversleeping days, no joke, five minutes, oversleeping is too long. I mean, it throws everything off, everything. And so there are days that that has happened, and I've jumped up, and I've ran to the shower and I've gotten ready real quick and I'm like, okay, I gotta go get some breakfast started and I get them up and it's gonna be like five minutes later than normal but we'll be okay. And I 
what I missed was that 30 minutes before I got in the shower to pray. And it threw everything off. Everything's messed up. Number one, I know nobody, everybody else in the building is perfect. But I get irritable. I'm not mad at those beautiful faces. I'm mad at the dummy that overslept. But if you do one thing out of kilter, you might get your hand chopped off. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know how it is for you. But like spilling your milk or knocking your drink over, that's just like, you know, in the medieval times, hand gets chopped completely off. There's no like discussion about it. What are you doing? Stop it. I want to brush my teeth first. Everybody's brushing their teeth. I don't care if you use a toilet. No, I, again, I don't know how it is for you. But when you miss those, that moment with the Lord, that communion, and I know it's comical, but it's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. You get here and you blame everything on everybody else, and it ain't your fault. When all the while, I'm the one that didn't get up. I'm the one that didn't commune with God. I'm the one that didn't say, Lord, that I may know you. Lord, let me feel your presence. Lord, put peace in my spirit. Let me have a meek and a mild spirit today. Lord, let your anointing flow. Destroy the yoke of darkness and bondage. Let me put my flesh under subjection, Lord. Now, I'm just being, can we be transparent today? And it's the truth. Now, I'm just being real because that stuff happens. And when you don't commune with God, everything goes wrong. And all the while, he's on, oh, I could just see him. He's, he's comical. I know he's got to be because some of the stuff he does. I mean, look at some faces. Never mind. I'm not going to say look at some faces in here. I did. Oops. I'm joking. He's comical. And he's looking over the balcony of heaven and say, hey, nitwit, if you just stop for a moment, I know you're super busy, but if you'd stop for a moment and just talk to me and commune with me, life would get a whole lot better things would get a whole lot better. You'd get some understanding. You'd get some help. You'd get some hope. You'd get some peace. Amen. A lonely God, a lonely God with distant followers. All too often, all too often, people of God do not choose to walk near with the Lord. Instead, we settle for a distant, cold, carnal, mechanical relationship with our God. I know not everybody in the building, but I would dare say if you would take every day out of a month, there's probably a lot of those days that people of God choose a relationship like that. And then we sit back or we sit in church and we wonder, why is everything awry? Why is everything not going well? Why is, why is everything topsy-turvy? Why does it feel like I'm in the middle of a crazy sea? Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to the story. They were in the stinking boat with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the boat was being tossed to and fro. 
and he's asleep. And they're wondering. They knew who he was, ladies and gentlemen. They knew exactly what he was capable of doing. They had seen things. What is wrong with you? Why are you sleeping? Hey, crazy people. I created the city. I created everything that is happening right now. It's because of me. Ye of little faith, peace be still. Amen? Amen? That's what we do. We settle when he's sitting right here with us. Come on. Mind you, how many have the Holy Ghost in the building right now? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. But if you have the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you have Christ in the boat, the hope of glory. Come on. Amen? Amen? We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when junk starts happening, and we start going, what in the world? This is horrible. I don't, what am I going to do? He's in your heart saying, hey, nitwit. He probably wouldn't talk to you like that. That's probably Darren talking to you. But I, I'm just talking like I talk to myself. I don't know about you, but it happens a lot when I go to Dallas or Plano or even McKinney. I talk to myself, and people are probably wondering, He's probably got earphones in, and I just wear them sometimes just because I don't want to be thought of as a crazy person. I love Apple because of that reason. They help me out. But seriously, I talk to myself, and I talk to myself like that. There's times that I have done things and said things and got onto my children, maybe a little too harsh. And I've gotten my car, and I've been like, you nitwit. Jesus probably isn't talking to us like that. But he's probably saying, hey, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm in the boat. It might have been 10 years ago when you first got me in the boat, or five years ago when you first got me in the boat, or this year when you first got me in the boat, but I'm in the boat. You hadn't talked to me since last week, but I'm in the boat. And I'm waiting on you to commune with me. I'm waiting on you to have conversation with me. I'm lonely, and you won't talk to me. Amen? And that's what Jesus Christ wants. He wants us to draw near to him. A lot of times, and I hate it, a lot of times we receive the Holy Ghost, we get our golden ticket, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, to go to heaven, and we think that's the only time that we need to commune with him. No, that's not how it works. He wants us to know him. He wants us to get close to him. He wants us to come back and get another golden ticket, if you will, and talk to him again and carry on conversation with him again. He gets lonely. He wants to commune with every man and every woman under the sound of my voice, myself included. He does not want a cold, mechanical relationship with us. And to be quite honest, a cold, carnal, mechanical relationship is not going to get us in heaven. Can somebody clap your hands under the Lord? There are several reasons, and I'm going to go through these, and they will come up on the screen here in a moment, but there are several reasons we can become distant from the Lord. The Bible talks about it, that the rich young ruler didn't want to give up all that stuff. And so abundance, and I'll 
say this as vaguely as possible, but abundance of material things can be the cause of that distance relationship. When we prosper, when we, it happens a lot with, and I'm just going to speak openly here, it happens a lot with those individuals that had nothing growing up. When they had no money and it was really scarce in their life and all of a sudden they get stuff, a whole lot of stuff, what happens is we tend to lean upon the flesh to get more stuff. Instead of leaning on the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold and all the silver is his. Amen. Again, I know I beat this dead horse, but in him, we forget that in him we live and move and have our being when we have the money like we used to not have when we were children to go to the doctor, whenever we want to go to the doctor and get the prescription that we need. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but I'm just saying, I got the money to do all of this stuff. I got the money to make all this stuff happen. And, and what happens is we grow cold and we grow carnal. And that's dangerous. The danger, the danger of the promised land was that the prosperity would cause them to forget that God gave it to them in the first place. Amen? Go with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 10. Deuteronomy 6, beginning at verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thou God, thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Verse 12, then beware. Somebody say beware. Beware, beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. The key, the key to prospering in a godly manner is to be poor in spirit. I didn't do this. I didn't make this happen. Amen? I've made the statement here recently in the past years. It's not about your money. I didn't say that to say that Truth Church isn't thankful. I didn't say that, that, I, that I'm not glad that people are sacrificing. I say that to say that it doesn't matter whether you give all your money or not. Understand that where your money came from. Just because you're smart and got a degree and did everything you needed to do to go through college and to get your job and to get all the big money, etc., etc., you didn't do that on your own. In Him, we live and move 
and have our being. It's only because of him that you have the smarts and the understanding and the desire to continue on and to move forward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, no, it's not that, oh, man, they're not thankful there at True Church. No, we are. But we must keep a, we must be poor in spirit and not feel like that we are the cat's meow, if you will. If it wasn't for me, if that's ever an attitude that runs through your brain, please stop. Don't do it anymore. Because I don't want you to ever feel that way. I don't want you to ever get that way. I, I want you to be, be open and honest. Man, I, I feel like I, if it wasn't for me, this church wouldn't go. If it wasn't for me. Please don't ever do that. I'm telling you now because if you do that, that'll be the day that everything will stop. That'll be the day that the job that you worked so hard to get will stop. And because you did not have a relationship and have communion and you didn't draw near to the man that was in the bow of the boat, you're going to be wondering what in the world's going on. And you're not going to know what to do. So it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that we make sure that we do not allow material things, allow the things of this world, as we talked about over the past three weeks, to get at the forefront of our mind. But Jesus, if it wasn't for you, where would I be? If it wasn't for you, Lord, what would I have? I love it. I love it because there are people, there are people here at Truth Church, and I'm not pinning any roses. And if you feel like I'm talking about you, don't think that. I'm just, I'm just making testimony. There are people here that I have seen this and experienced this with, that they did come from nothing and they didn't have a lot and they went through life and, and they made horrible decisions and they were at rock bottom. But God, but God came in and changed them. And they have, if you, I'm just telling you because I get to see it, I see the report. If you look at the giving, you see that where they're, where they're, they got some treasure in this place and they got some treasure up there. And they say, I know Jesus that it's because of you that I have what I have. And so they give. This is not a prosperity. This is not a TBN. Oh, shouldn't have said that. This is not a televangelist message. I am just telling you it's someone that possesses the poor in spirit mentality. They have said, Lord, I may have some things. I may have a nice car. I may have a nice house now. I have a good job, and I'm thankful for that. But I understand, Lord, that it was you that gave it all to me. And so they have been the ones that have said, hey, Pastor Darren, I want to do this. I want to give a little bit more of this. I want to do a little bit more here. I want to, and, and it's, sometimes they don't even say it, and I'm looking at, why they do that? And then I hear, hey, Pastor Darren, guess what? God gave me a raise. God gave me a bonus. And they don't even have to say that they're poor in spirit. I know where they came from. Amen? I'm just being honest today, being transparent today. You can tell. And so it's important that we never feel like we've arrived. We understand that we, the only reason that we have Benjamins in our pocket is because God gave it to us. The only reason that we have the nice car is because God gave it to us. Amen? And we are to be good stewards with it. And we are to be right with it. Somebody say amen. amen. Second thing. Second thing that can cause us to 
be distant from God. And I know a little bit about this. Is busyness. We easily become so engaged in the affairs of life that there is precious little time for devotion. Man, I gotta get up, I gotta go, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I got and we get so busy with doing what we feel is the right thing that we forget the main thing. I know many of you've heard the story of Bishop Gilbert when he was agile and had he'd worked summer jobs and just he, he worked so much and was an incredible man, taught me how to do things that I know how to do with my hands now and building things, etc., and painting, all that good stuff because he got those jobs. And there was one lady here in Denison and it's absolutely hilarious. Right off of Morton Street, had a white siding house and there was the main thing that she wanted us to do was paint the house. But there were like 17 other main things as she began to explain to us what the main thing was for the first seemed like two hours that we were there trying to get started early of a morning. The main thing I want you to do is this, and the main thing I want you to do is that, and the main thing I want you to do is this, and the main thing, and the main thing, and the main thing, and the main thing. So many times we get busy with everything else that we forget the main thing. Amen? We get so busy with stuff. I got to get to this job. I got to get to that job. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get dinner cooked. I got to make sure I'm at this game. I got to make sure I'm at the extra cook. I got all this stuff, but we forgot the main thing. Busyness can distance us from God. Pastor Darren, this is so practical. I'm talking to you if you think that. Amen? I know it's practical. But everybody would be doing just fine if we kept to the practical things. Let's clap our hands under the Lord. Often Maybe this is just me. Often at the end of the day and the end of the week, our bodies are tired to the point that we have no burden, no passion, no desire to seek the Lord. Amen? I'm so busy. I've done so much. All I want to do is just lay on the couch. All I want to do is turn on the mush channel. It mushes my brain into mush. Huh, I got to listen to the, the, the channel 12 or the channel 10 or I think those are all still around. I'm not sure. And that's all I want to do. I want to eat my goulash and I want to drink my Coke and I want to go to sleep and I don't want anybody to bother me. And all the while Jesus is like, man, what about me? What about talking to me? What about conversating with me? Somebody say amen. amen. This is the reason so much emphasis is placed on morning prayer throughout Scripture. Now, you do what you want to. But Pastor Darren, and I'm not saying you got to be like me, I have to do it in the morning. I have to do it, and I love them, before all five children get up. I got to do it. I'm, I'm telling you, this morning, this morning I woke up and I went in the living room and I sat down at the ottoman and I just prayed. 
And then I opened my phone after a little bit, and I read a little bit. It was, there was no fireworks. I didn't shout or holy roll on the ground. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't travail. I just talked to the Lord. And I'm telling you, it helped me just like it always does. There are some days that it's different. There's some days that I've tried, I got to be as quiet as possible, but I feel a burden. Just a couple of weeks ago, I woke up and I had a burden for someone, and I just began to weep, began to pray, began to seek God's face, and, and, and ask him why things were going the way they were going. Lord, why can't this get fixed? And I just wept and wept and wept and wept. And there's other days where I just raised my hands, and I began to sing praises to him. And every now and then, it's not all the time, but every now and then, I'll get a text message on my phone. It's not all the time. But it has happened before. And I'm like, yes, Lord Smoter right now. I'm joking. Don't say, don't say. I don't say that and I don't even think that. I'm just being funny. I'm totally being funny. Would you delete that off the recording, Brother Gary? Thank you. Appreciate it. But busyness. Somebody say busyness. Does anybody ever get busy? Now, can, can confession's good for the soul, and no, we're not. But um, confession's good for the soul. Has business ever gotten your way in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen? There was almost every hand that was lifted in here. So it, I think it's, it merited me saying something about it. We've got to be transparent about it so we can get focused on it and we can fix it. Amen? It's like I tell people that work here at the church, you don't know unless I tell you that you did something you shouldn't have done or you need to fix this because you didn't fix it. Because if you don't know, there's no way of fixing it. That's right. But we can fix that. Yes. That's simply saying, I've got to rearrange my schedule. I've got to do things different. I've got to make my alarm go off at 4.30 instead of 5.30. I know that seems absurd. But the older I get, the faster I want to get in bed. Probably because I'm a little chubbier than I used to be and don't have as much energy as I used to be. But I'm working on that, trying to run that marathon. Anyway, get back to it. The... As I talk about business, I'm trying to run a marathon. <laughs> the third thing. Somebody say the third thing. The third. the third thing that can distance us from relationship with Jesus is sin. Sin separates man from God. God will not fellowship with an unclean heart. I want us to all hear that. He won't, I, that is why, this is the reason why, and the Bible talks about us doing this, but it's the reason why. And I talked to someone about it today. Lord, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. I'm sorry for A, B, C, and D, and E, and F, G, and H, I, J, K, and I go through the whole bit. And then I say, Jesus, the things that I don't realize that I did. The things that I have become, I've justified them, and I don't feel like that they're bad. Amen? God cleansed me of that. Because I understand that Jesus Christ is not going to commune with an unclean heart. But when I say create in me cleanness, purify me, Lord, I want everything out. I don't want to be sinful. I don't want to be a sin. I know that everybody sins to come short of the glory of God. But, Lord, if there's anything that I can get out of the way, that I may commune with you and you can commune with me, God, cleanse me and make me new. Amen. Amen. There is a fountain 
There is a fountain for a soul that is unclean. God wants to pour out his help and his hope and his peace and his forgiveness inside that life. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Here it is, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With a true heart in, a, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to be pure. I want my heart to be pure. I want my mind to be pure. Lord, Lord, can you raise your hands right now just for a moment? God, right now in this room, let us develop an attitude that, Lord, we must be pure. We're not trying to be better than anybody. We're not trying to say, I'm better than you. But, God, let us live our lives saying, Lord, I've got to be pure. I've got to be holy, O oh Lord. I've got to be separated from the world, Lord. Anything and everything I do cannot, I can't have any ounce or any smell or stench of the world in me and around me, Lord. I want you to look at me from the balcony of heaven and say, oh, well done. You're doing well, You're doing well today, sir. You're doing well today, ma'am. You're doing well in serving me and making sure that you've come out from the world and you're separate. You don't look like, you don't act like, you don't do the things that the world does. You are pure and you're holy. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a revelation that we need to have. If he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, then guess what? We can do well and we can do good while we're living right now. If he's going to tell us someday, God, let us be well. Let us do good in this last and closing hour. Have you ever thought of that? Has that ever crossed your mind? He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I've had conversation with people before that have said, there ain't no way we're ever going to be, you can't, can't do all that stuff. No, you can't be perfect. But his word says that he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have tried your best and you have done, you've lived your life, not according to what you think's right, but you have tried your best to make sure that every I was dotted and every T was crossed according to your relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you've lived and I've lived my life according to the book as best as we possibly can, making sure every day that we study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, then he is going to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if there is any area that we have just, oh, my, ignorance is bliss. I'm not going to think about that or do that. Amen. Is he going to be able to say that? But he is going to say it, so I do believe that it's possible that we can do well and good. Right now. 
Amen? If he's going to say it one day, praise God, I believe that we can do it right now. We can, we can live that way right now. Do I feel like we'll ever arrive and we've accomplished it all? No, but it's a daily thing every single day. God, I, I messed up yesterday, but I'm trying to get back on the well done, thou good and faithful servant road. I'm trying to get back on that straight and narrow. Condemnation. Condemnation. It's one of those things that can separate us. Condemnation is the feeling that we cannot come near the Lord because of our shortcomings. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This isn't in my notes. I feel the Holy Ghost right now that somebody needed to hear that. Condemnation is the feeling, the feeling that we cannot come near the Lord because of our shortcomings. Condemnation will zap the faith from our prayers. 1 John 3 and verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God? We, ladies and gentlemen, must understand that we approach the throne. I mentioned this on Sunday. We approach the throne on the merit of Calvary and not on the merits of our personal record. Amen? Amen. What did he do at Calvary? <laughs> That's how we approach it. Because you made it available, you restored the opportunity for me to have this relationship with you. I can come before you. Has anybody ever messed up? Amen? Amen. Everybody in the room has. But because of what he did at Calvary, I can approach him. I can tell him, Lord, I'm not right. I did mess up. I did fall short. I need restoration. I need purity. I need help in my spirit, in my mind, in my heart. And I don't have to, I don't have to say the things like I mentioned on Sunday. Oh, the, the roof's about to fall in. I can't go in there because the roof's about to cave in on my head. No. Jesus Christ gave us an opportunity. We draw near to God when we pray the scriptures. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Effective prayer is the one that prays, effective prayer is the one that prays the purpose of God according to his scripture. Scripture set forth Elijah as an example of effective prayer. He prayed for rain to be withheld from Israel because of their sin. He knew to do this because God had said in the book of Deuteronomy that drought would be the consequence of disobedience. We cannot ask amiss when we pray the scripture. Amen? We can't ask amiss when we're praying the scripture. Anybody, there's been new converts that have come in, and new, I say new converts, new believers, new people that are following after Jesus Christ. And I really don't, I'm, never, I'm not a real prayer, I don't know how to pray. Open the book and start praying. Some of you, you know, I've told you, go to Proverbs, start praying Proverbs. Go to Psalms and start do, singing Psalms unto the Lord. Give him praise, give him honor. Psalms 119, verse 169. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. 
Give me understanding according to thy word. I'm going to read it again. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. It is important that we pray the scripture. It is important that it is at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. I'm hurrying. i got two minutes. God talks to those who draw near. God talks to those who draw near. I want to preface this last portion here. When I was just coming in to ministry, extremely wet behind the ears, still am, I feel a lot of times, not knowing very much at all, and I would go to a conference or go to a youth camp or go to a, a place and hear a preacher preach, and I would look at friends and I would say things like, how in the world? I've read the whole Bible through, but how in the world did he get that? How, what in the, oh my goodness. I've heard that preached a hundred times. I've never heard it preached like that. How in the world? Simple. God talks to those who draw near to him. See, people don't agree with this, but they're wrong and this is right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying this is right. This book has already been revealed. So you don't have some, some new revelation. If you think that, you really need to go to that prayer room and pray. Now, what can happen is God can illuminate things to you that he has already revealed. Amen? We can talk about that more if you want to later, but this is God's word that it's his, and it's already been revealed. It's illuminated us, and God will do that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've gotten close to God like you've never had before, and you've read scripture, Sister Delane, and then it's like, what in the world? That's crazy. I've read that before, never seen that. What happened? God said, hey, let me show you something. Or you've opened up commentaries and you've opened up books and you've begun to study and you've begun to get into it and you've been to begin to cross-reference and you found out that, wow, I didn't know this meant this. I didn't know this meant that. God's talking to you through his word. Amen. Does that happen to anybody? When God communes with us, he speaks to our spirit. He does. I know. I've heard about it. People have told me about it. Audible voices. I'm just telling you it's never happened to me. It can happen, I'm sure. But he speaks to our spirits more than the audible. Probably the majority of the people in this room, have been, their spirits have been nudged, have been prodded. They've been... You, you've opened the book, and as you've opened the book, it, God's begun to speak to you from the word that you weren't even planning going there. But God begins to speak to you through your spirit. Can he speak audibly? I believe that he can. And I hope and pray that he'll begin to do that someday. To some of us in this building, including myself. Somebody say amen. amen. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Those who come near to the Lord 
will begin to experience a Holy Ghost intuition. When we get close to the Lord, you'll be able to say things like, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Just a moment ago, when I said what I said about condemnation, I felt God impress upon me that somebody needed to hear that in the building tonight. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with things that we have done wrong and we feel like I've asked God to forgive me and I feel like he forgave me, but then you get up the next day and you feel like, again, condem there's condemnation there. Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive all sin. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to jump up and down and flare your hands around like your kids do when they get mad and say, God, forgive me. No, you just have to ask. And you shall receive. All you have to do is say, Lord, purify me. Cleanse me. I want my mind to be pure. my heart to be pure. Be broken before the Lord. Raise those hands before the Lord. That universal sign of surrender. Letting him know and make sure when you're asking God to forgive you. If it's something that you, you go somewhere, you say something, you do something. You do whatever you possibly can to detour yourself from that area. I've said this before. I used, I used to stop at the store. I used to go to this place. I used to do this stuff. If you got to go home a different way, when you repent, after you've repented, go home a different way. Amen? You do your part, and God's going to do his part. That's amen. I'm going to get on that one more time. Many, many years ago, I don't even know how many now, but there's a lady that used to go to our church. She's moved now, but she, she moved because of probably the statement that I told her. She would come in every single service. Brother Darren, I need you to pray for me. Why? What's going on? I thought things were going good. Well, I keep on giving in to this temptation and doing this, and I keep on doing this and doing that. And I would get, I, I would pray for her, and I'd get the burden. And then finally, there was one Sunday right over there. This was before we remodeled. I stopped and looked at her right in the face, and I said, okay, let's stop. Where does this happen? Well, when I come home every single day, the apartment up above me and the apartment beside me, they're doing all the stuff, and I just, they offer me something, and I go ahead and I do it. And I had some righteous indignation. I may have been a little blunt, and I said, move. Well, I'll lose my deposit. Who gives a rip? You're about to lose your soul. Get rid of the 500 bucks. You don't have it anyway, so just let them keep it and move. And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Next, I know how I came to church this Sunday, and I know how I left, and I'm going to come back the same way I came. I'm going to come back with passion and zeal and a gift of the Holy Ghost moving in my life. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. Amen? Anyway, let's get, get back on the notes here. I'm almost done. I'm four minutes past. Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? The carnal mind cannot receive the things of God, for they are spiritually understood. Carnality, hear me. Carnality is crucified in prayer, and our spiritual ears are opened in that prayer. There have been, there have been people that say, I just don't get it. I don't understand. What is all this? Guess what? 
if you will learn how to commune with God, if you will make up in your mind to, Lord, let this be your prayer, Lord, teach me to pray. And you'll begin to pray and begin to seek God's face and begin to know him from his word. Don't just read and not pray. Amen? Read and pray. Pray and read. Amen? When you do that, there are going to be things that happen that happen in the word of God right here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and special services. And you're not going to be like, what's going on over there? What is, what is Holy hush, what's that? What do you mean? What do we need to wait on? Pastor's saying well, we need to wait on the Lord. When you have been communing with God and you have an understanding of what God's trying to do in you, and when that kind of statement is made, let's wait on the Lord. You'll know what to do. You'll lift your hands. You'll bow your face. You'll come to an altar. You'll forget everything else around you. You'll turn your cell phone off. You won't worry about the roast cooking at the house. You'll say, Lord, what are you wanting to do right now? I'm waiting on you. Lord, I'm in communion with Pastor Darren. I'm in communion with what the minister's saying. Lord, I want your will to be done in this place. It has happened, ladies and gentlemen, many times over the past year. And I believe it's just because we're maturing. We're getting there. There, there are some that are already there. They're already matured. And, they, they, and God, God speaks to them this way. And it'll happen. And there'll be times that conversation will go on after church. Pastor Darren, do you feel like there's more? Oh, I do. I do. I feel like it. But I can't drive cheap. You can't push somebody to make it happen. It won't happen. You see, the upper room is a prime example of that. Not too many days before the upper room, there was a whole lot of people that watched the king of all kings go up into heaven. But somewhere between that point and the upper room, it turned into 120. But in 120, when 120 were in the upper room, the Bible says... They were all in. In. And suddenly. But ladies and gentlemen, that only happens when you have the people, if it's 120, 200, or 215, or 217, that say, I'm sensitive to this. God, I'm waiting on you. I want you to do your work right now. And what I'm going to do is just sit here and I'm going to wait. And I'm going to unify with sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and that person across there and that person I've never met. I want, Lord, let us unify together. And when we begin to unify together, ladies and gentlemen, that's when things begin to happen that only God can do. Amen. But what has to happen is we all got to draw near to him. Why are we on a fast? Why did I, I tried to cover every area that I could possibly cover. One day, a meal, uh, whatever. Everybody get unified in drawing closer to God and becoming sensitive to his still small voice. For when we come together next week or this Sunday even, that we could have an upper room experience. This is the last of the last days, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to tell you something. 
People aren't looking for a good sermon and a good song. They're looking for an experience from the heavens. And it is up to people of God to draw near to Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet. I'm almost done. And I have said this over and over again many times. But I'll tell you this. When we draw near to God, there is no commandment too grievous for us to follow. Brother Tex, nothing. Oh, I don't need to go there. And it may not be because Pastor Darren even encouraged it. It may be that you were in your own prayer time and you were talking to God, seeking his face. You were reading his word and the Lord spoke to you through his word something to this effect. And I'm just, I'm giving for an example. I don't, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Ah, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you define what it is that you don't need to do. You're the one that says, you know something? That looks like the world, that smells like the world, that acts like the world. I I can't do that. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to go there. And you're not judging it, bad apple, against bad apple, you're judging against the word of God and you're saying, you know something? I feel this nudge inside of me. I feel this moving in my spirit. And so the spirit of God is speaking to your spirit and he's telling you that you don't need to do that. Now this is what I want you to hear me. When that happens, don't ever go against it. Just say, yes Lord, your will be done. Don't ever look back at it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Don't let it go. When everybody else is doing it and everybody encourages you to come back to it, no, 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 no. I remember there was this one day that I was in my prayer closet or I was in my car. I was reading a book or I was at men's prayer, women's prayer. I was at church wide prayer and God spoke to me this. I'm not going against it. That's it. And don't ever go back. Not because the United Pentecostal Church said so. It's because your relationship with God said so. Amen. God often speaks. We just miss it due to not going to the secret place in prayer. It's up to us, ladies and gentlemen, if we want to hear him speak. Praise God. I want to have a deeply emotional, affectionate relationship with God. I want a deeper knowledge and understanding of him today than I had yesterday. When I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to forget about everything else, and I'm going to say, God, make me go deeper today. I I want to... I want to go deeper to the deepest depths. I want to go high to the highest heights. I want to achieve what it is that you see inside of me. I know the plans that I have for you. They're of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. And Lord, I want to pursue that expected end that I may never, never be hungry for this world or anything in it. I only want to be hungry for you. Would you raise your hands all across the building? I want you to pray, Lord, help me draw nigh unto you. Let me draw near to you, Lord. 
Lord, if I draw near to you, your word declares it and it doesn't lie. You will draw near unto me. Come on, would you lift your voice to him all across this building? Come on, men. Come on, ladies. We got, we got a few minutes. It's all right. It's 813. Come on, for about five minutes, would you draw near to him? Come on, I believe it. Some of you have been fasting. Some of you have never fasted in your life, and God has begun to work on you, and you feel that nudging in the spirit. You feel God speaking to you through this word, through this instruction and teaching tonight, and I am praying that it would get our minds focused. In the name of Jesus, let our hearts be focused. Let our minds be focused upon you. Your will be done in this last and this closing hour. Lord, I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the adversary, O oh Lord, that would try to steal, kill, and destroy. And Lord, I lift you up. Lord, I lift your praise. I lift praises unto you. I lift my hands unto you. I lift my heart unto you. Have your perfect will and your perfect way in every life. In the name of Jesus, my prayer is, O oh Lord, that every person under the sound of my voice and that is listening online would get a heartbeat to draw near to you. In the name of of Jesus Christ, Lord. My heartbeat is, Lord, let true church unify in drawing near unto you. It doesn't matter, Lord, where we are on the totem pole of growth, oh God. All that matters is each and every one of us in our own time, in our own efforts, Lord, we are growing. We want to get closer to you. We want to have a heartbeat like the people on the day of Pentecost had. In the name of Jesus Christ, let it happen in us, God. Let it happen in our spirits and our hearts, oh Lord. Speak to us specifically would you pray right now for this weekend would you pray for this weekend for God to speak Lord start start Lord as we pray in our dream team huddle Lord start as we go to the prayer room begin to speak to us oh Lord and Lord as I prayed to preach tonight about just like the people that didn't make it to the upper room oh Lord don't let anybody fall to the wayside but let everybody have the desire to hear you speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, there are so many that have fallen wayward. Lord, they're fallen. They're casualties of the end time. But I pray that there be no one under the sound of my voice that is a casualty of the end time. But they have a heartbeat. Lord, speak to me. Show me through your word. Lord, let me study to show myself approved in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Unify us, Lord. Unify us. Would you please, Truth Church, every day from now until Sunday, would you pray, Lord, let me unify with you and let me unify in the Spirit. If there's any carnal, if there's any wayward, I don't want to be a part of that. But let me unify in the Spirit of what you are wanting to accomplish on Sunday morning here at Truth Church and next week at consecration prayer. I don't want to be a superficial church. I want to be a church that's full of apostolic truth. I want to be a church that's full of end time revival. I want to be a church. As the acts of the apostles at work this last and closing hour in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, let us follow truth. Let us follow truth. Let us buy the truth and sell it not. Come on, would you lift your hands to him? Come on, lift your hands to him, men. Lift your hands to him. Ladies, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, cleanse me, Lord, of hyssop. Lord, I don't want any uncleanliness inside of me. I don't want any worldliness, Lord. Anything that looks like or acts like the world. I don't want to have anything to do with it, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. I don't want the thoughts to go through my head. I don't want to participate in it. I want to come out from among them and be separate. I want people to look at me and say, hey, there's something different about you. There's something different about the God that you serve. It's changed the way you walk. It's changed the way you talk. It's a change the things that you do when you hang around me. I want that. I want what you have. Truth Church, you are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We got to be zealous of the things of God. Not the things of this world, but the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, I want you to hear me right now. Families that are in the house. Families that are in the house, I want you to pray. I want you to pray, husbands and wives. I want you to pray. If your husband doesn't come to church, your wife doesn't come to church, I want you to pray, God, unify me with my husband. Unify me with my wife right now. Unify me in the spirit, oh God. In your spirit, in your drawing, oh Lord. Come on, if you do attend church with your husband or your wife, I want you to pray. It doesn't matter where you're at on that growth totem pole. All that matters is you're growing. All that matters is you're getting closer to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, lift your voice to him, sir. Lift your voice to him, ma'am. Let your heart beat for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, i got to draw near to you. Oh, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. He's speaking he is speaking to us. He will speak to you. You just got to be able to listen to him. You got to be able to make sure everything else is shut off. God, help me silence every other voice. Let me silence the voice of this world and the spirit of this age. And God, let me turn up the volume in the spirit. How do I do that, Pastor Derek? Get in the book. How do I do that? You pray every day. How do I do that? Every morning, get up and say, God, created me a clean heart. Lord, order my steps. Don't feel like you've arrived, sir. Ma'am, don't feel like you've arrived. Work, 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 work. Every day, work. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift your voice to him. Lift your voice to him. Lift your voice to him. Come on, can you one more, two more minutes? Would you lift your voice to him? So what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about a moment ago. Your spirit is willing, but flesh is sometimes weak. God, let me subdue the flesh. Let me put the flesh under subjection and let me push through. Let me push through, oh Lord. I don't want to stop. I don't want to cut off what's happening right now, Lord. I want to feel something. I want to be drawn by your spirit. I want to be drawn by your voice, oh Lord. When you say, I love you, there is a resounding I love you that comes back from heaven. Oh, I want you to hear it, sir. I want you to hear it, ma'am. I want you to hear it with your spirit. I want you to hear it with your heart. And if the Lord willing, you can hear it with your ears tonight. I love you. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, would you say it? Draw near. Come on, say it. Draw near. Come on, speak to your soul right now. Soul, draw near. Draw near. When I don't want to in the flesh, draw near. Oh, draw near. Let the flesh, let the flesh be under subjection this week. 
Oh, there are those that have been fasting. There are those that have been praying, oh, Lord, draw near to them. Let them know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it's not because it's an impression. It's not because somebody's speaking it to happen, oh, Lord, but it's because they have obeyed your word. They have obeyed sanctifying the fast. They have obeyed what you spoke to them to do on Sunday, and it's that reason, Lord, that they feel a closeness to you they've never felt before. Oh, God, let there be fresh consecration happen this weekend and next week in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, we thank you so very much for meeting us in this building tonight. And Lord, I'm asking that you would go to homes. Lord, I pray that conversation would ensue, oh Lord, over dinner and laying down in the bed tonight. Lord, of things that you spoke to people about tonight. And Lord, let them obey your words. Not anything from Pastor Darren, oh Lord, but your words. Your word spoke to them. Your spirit moved upon their spirit, O oh Lord. Let them obey your word and let them act on those words. Let us be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Greet one another.